Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So from your standpoint, last four or five minutes yep. or maybe the fourth quarter at large. Yeah. I mean, it's, you've handled yeah, there's, there, you always look at things, you know, you always look and say, hey, sh- you know, should I call this? Should I call that? Should I be more aggressive here? Um, less aggressive there? You know, it's, it's like when you have the end of the half at the New Orleans game, New Orleans game, right? They went, you know, I think it was three and out or maybe four and out. That was, that was good execution by the players. It was a good call by the, by the, whoever this coordinator was. And that was, that would be me. And then if it was at the end of the game for the Carolina game to seal the deal in the game, that there was some good calls and good execution. And that's what it comes down to. You know, you got to have the right calls and put your guys in position. And for the Carolina game, we did that. You know, we went, uh, Three and out right there at the end there. Those last three plays, they decided to kick for a field goal. They missed it. And then we sealed the deal on offense with a nice third down and seven, I believe it was, to Mooney. And, again, so it's really about that. It's about putting guys in position, and it's about it's about making plays as a player. I mean, we just played a heck of a team. Um, number one in our division. Um, like I said, probably top three, top five in the league right now. So, um, and if I'm keeping it real with y'all, we – we should have won that game. It just comes down to finishing and, um, you know, executing at the end of the game. So, um, you know, that's that's how you do it. Uh, Jared Goff, he does he does a great job not turning the ball over in the way our defense was uh, was able to you know create takeaways was big for us. And you know, as an offense, we got of course you know turn those into touchdowns rather than field goals or no points at all. But um, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how you keep the morale up. You know, we know who we are. Um, we know what kind of team we are and. You know, we just got to be better. We just got to finish. And like I said, when those big moments happen, when we need those big plays, we got to execute. That was Jalen Johnson talking right here on uh, 6 7 to the score. It is Gabe Ramirez. And that was also Justin Fields talking about. Bears game on Sunday. It's Gabe Ramirez here with Hub Argus. We have our producer extraordinaire, Tyler Ferengal. I got a beer in my hand. <laughs> Hub, so Neil Fiorini. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna do me the, the joy of plugging your headphones? Yeah. Got yeah. Mark Grody here. This is great. No, take your time. So yeah. I'll tell I'll tell the Neil Fiorino story. The, so, the traffic guy? Yeah. Yeah. So Neil Fiorino. Love Neil. Uh, WBBM AM 780. He, listen, I'd like to think that I know what I'm doing, Hub. Because mm-hmm. that's what you do. Well, you do that's know what you're doing. Guy, nah. You're entitled to think that. That's okay. <laughs> no, that's my point. That's you're entitled point. to yeah. think that. We, we often think we know what we're doing. And Neil Fiorino, who does traffic on BBM AM in the afternoons here. He sure it's not Tio Fiorito. No, no, that's a Fiorino. <laughs> I've been hearing that wrong for like five years now. So he he was like, "Yo, Gabe, Justin Fields is certainly going to get traded before the deadline." 
Thank you. You look at me. We know we're, we, that's why, let's be very clear. That's why we are on this side <laughs> and we're not on the BBM AM side. And he's like, he's going to get trained. I said, listen, I, I, he's like, what do you want to bet? And I said, no, dude, we're not going to bet anything because Justin Fields is not going to get traded. So it would just be, it, it'd just be something you're giving me. And I don't want that. And sure enough, we bet something else and he's a man of his word and he sent a 12 pack. Of a holiday shiner. You know what I'm saying? You dig what I'm opening right now. I'll give you a shiner. You want a shiner, pal? You got no, you got no chance. Come on. <laughs> you got no chance. You're probably right. Oak Park Grody has no, try- <laughs> no chance. Um, so, he, so he sent me a 12-pack of like a Christmas shiner ale or whatever, and I'm, I'm drinking a shiner birthday beer, and I want to show him a little love because he sent the 12. I was trying not to drink as much, so I put it in uh, Parkinson Spiegel's refrigerator which... not a great place to put it because <laughs> there is a risk of it being dr- drank drunk. i want to be very clear that was my old morning show at b96 that was my office that they have they, they, they commandeered r.i.p yo so when i get beer i just feel like that's my office and i can put it wherever <laughs> i want because it's my old office you still feel like exactly the base of that so i put that there so shout out to neil field you know shout out to Parkins is speaker that have allowed me to live that there. You're having uh, a lot of trouble opening that beer, though. I'm, I'm trying to pass it on to those that don't know who's here. Mark Grody. <laughs> okay. And, of course, we got Hub Arkish, the legendary. And while I open up my beer. For the record, by the way, just I, I'm not supposed to be here, am I, right now? Because I walked by what you. What was your last hit? What was your last hit? You looked at me like I was supposed to be here. I made Mark Grody come Yeah, you kind of, you gave me like the, come on, man, we're starting. I'm like. I just got back from the the company gym, and then I was about to record the podcast. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, thirty minutes. This is thirty minutes of running right here. I got to be honest, right Hub, here. Hub, Mark looks much better than he did at one point. That's true. I still got <laughs> a little ways but to I'll go. Say this. Do you, did you, uh, Hub Arkish, have you bought into the? I love saying perpetuity. It's, a great it's one word. of my favorite yeah, words. I'm an econ major, not a radio major, not a TV major. In I'm perpetuity. an econ major. So when I hear in perpetuity, and I think. You pay fifty bucks in perpetuity to have access to the gym here at, at uh, six seventy score B ninety six whatever. That means forever for people who don't know perpetuity. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have hub the uh, membership here? Here, no. Greatest deal ever. I, I think I have like three or four clubs I belong to because I bought it one time, you know, and, and I haven't gone to one in twenty years. But cancel no, those. this one I don't have. Yeah, cancel those because yeah. this one, as I taught Mark Grody. 55 bucks? 58? Yeah, I don't even remember, under to be 60, honest with you. Under 60. Whatever it was, it didn't affect my life. And it, it's 60 bucks, and you pay until you do not work here in a long In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Grody, I see what you did there. Oak Park, man. <laughs> you know Grody lives in Oak Park now? No, I didn't. I'm, it's such, I, I am really having to get used to He's it. He's rich. It's Yeah. <laughs> That's really what yeah. Oak Park means. If yeah. it's Evanston or Oak Park, you are certainly rich. That's not true. Because my first home was in Evanston, and I, and I was anything but rich. <laughs> As a matter of fact, ask the bank that I didn't pay for that house. Yeah. <laughs> I was richer. <laughs> You're just now able to actually yeah. talk about it publicly. Yeah, exactly. right? All paid up, huh? Yeah, 40 years later. You know? <laughs> just made his last payment a month ago. That's great. Most people don't know how we operate here. All right. Well, since I have a Grody, since I have a Hub Arkish, and I am the moderator here, yeah. I would love to talk some Bears football. Bears. And I don't know your opinion nor your opinion on 
the last game of the Bears, which, despite the outcome, could have gone either way, your assessment of the game as a whole. I'll go hub first. This game, some people at the end of it, right, despite the outcome, could still feel the same way about the Bears, right? What they saw in them the first couple of quarters, what they saw in the organization as a whole. At the end, when the when the whistle blew, what was your takeaway of the Bears, Hub Arkish? When the whistle blew at the end of the game? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, when the whistle blew with 3.36 to play and they were up by two scores, I turned to my wife and said they're going to lose this one just like they lost you the last couple. You thought that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was no doubt in my mind. I, you know, <laughs> and I, I'm not proud of that. I'm not happy about it. But and that, wait, at what point, Hub, after, the tu- after they was, scored the I touchdown? there was 3.36 left in the game. After, after they scored the late touchdown. Because at yeah. 2.58, yeah. according to Yahoo, it was a 98.8 well, at 2.59. No, my memory, it wasn't the late touchdown. It was the field goal to make it a two-score game. Oh, that's when you that thought? Before, no. okay. 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 No, I mean, no, it was you, a 3.34. I just can't remember which no, score no, came last. No, no, that, that sounds but, so. So you actually, for the record, you actually were ahead of it. I only went there after the touchdown was scored, but please go on. Well, no, I, I mean, it just it was a feeling I had because of where this team is at right now. And, and to me, it's just another extension of how poor – the reporting and the media work has been on this football team this year. Not not here, not at our station, not you guys, but just with a lot of things in general. I, 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 well, what's the standout? What's the standout when you because say something like that? All I've been hearing since they lost is fire Eberflus. You know, you know he's terrible. You know, fire Gutsy, he's terrible. Yeah. What did they do to lose that game? They did a great job in that game. They had the game won against what is one of the two or three best teams in the NFC. And then because they have the youngest team in the NFL and some players who aren't ready yet, they found a way to lose it, you know, and, but, but I mean, it's all these people. Okay, but was it more, was it more so an organization that hasn't been in the position to win to then learn, right? Because, because you want to try to figure out Getze's mindset or excuse me, Iberflus's mindset where it's, have you not been there enough to then understand how to win or is it? the organization that the players there, the talent there wasn't capable of putting together, executing, not putting together, executing the game plan to then allow them to win in that, in that moment. You know, I don't think it's either one of those things. I think it's people refusing to accept what they're trying to do, which is start from scratch and rebuild. Has anybody not noticed that they've gotten better every week for the last seven weeks because they have. If you go back and watch the tape and study it and see what they're doing and look at the stats and look at everything, they are improving. They're just not winning yet because they're not ready yet. Well, that's what kills people, Hub, about Flus, though, is that if there's one thing fans can look at and say, yeah, kind of got to put that on the coaching staff, is when you blow games late, like the Denver game, which was just inexcusable. And as you know, as good as Detroit is, this was inexcusable as well. So doesn't Matt Eberflus at least, I'm not saying fire him, but isn't there some real culpability there oh, when of course. you blow leads like that? There is absolutely culpability, but I need some, nobody, nobody has said yet what he should have done differently in the last 335 to win the game. He didn't lose the game. Luke Getze didn't lose the game. The players lost the game. Not because they're bad players, because they're young players learning how to play, and they haven't been in these situations enough yet. And, and there, there's no excuse. And by the way, I personally haven't made up my mind yet about Matt Eberflus or I Ryan Poles. I, I love just, that. I just think it's too early. At the end of the season, 
I will take a position. I will say either he's the coach for the future or he's not. He's the GM for the future. He's not. But right now they're just a little bit past halfway of this first full season of what they're trying to do. And, and again, it's so obvious and nobody wants to talk about it. They've been getting better every week for six or seven weeks now. And, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. It's not good enough, you know, and, and it may not get them where they want to go, but they're, they're just not being treated fairly, I don't think, in the way. Fire Luke Getty. Luke Getty had a great scheme Sunday. I mean, Up until a certain point. Yeah, huh? there, there were, were some. There Up were, until a certain the, the field goals were conservative. I like the second field goal. I like the second field goal. But Getsy doesn't make the decision on the field goal. So, okay, well, then, that, okay, so then put that one on the foot. And by the way, I don't agree that they were conservative. I agree okay. they were the right call. I thought they were the they right call, too. They a two-score game instead of a one-score game. And, I, I, and, I, and, and, and a touchdown and a touchdown and a field goal, right, what they did with the second field goal for the Chicago Bears, what they did was say, hey, a touchdown and a field goal, we're going to separate ourselves from that. You have to score two times. And... I mean, come on. Nobody thinks they're going to come down and score in a minute. Yeah, I'm kind of playing devil's down, advocate. Come down and score down yeah. in two minutes. Yeah. Mark Grody, Hub Arkish, Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. I love the fact that we get an opportunity to talk. But you can take different approaches to what was there, right? We can justify why Matt Eberflus said, hey, we're going to kick the field goal on the first time to make it two scores. We're going to justify the field goal on the second uh, time around to make it where you can't kick a, a touchdown or excuse me, kick a field goal and a touchdown to get us within 10. You got to score two touchdowns. Like to me, that made sense. The problem for me, when I look back in hindsight, not in real time, but in hindsight, you say to yourself, the bears defense bears, bears as a whole are not a team where you can then say, I've put us up by 12 and our defense can hold us down to where we can't make the other team score two touchdowns. The Bears aren't there yet. And I think that was the problem that where I agree with everything they did, right? I I agree with it. I actually agree with it. I agree with the field goal. I agree with the the, the two runs to make them use their timeouts. I agree with it because I assume the Bears defense is going to operate at the same level they did during the first three quarters of the game. The unfortunate part and the things that I've heard on the radio from Matt Spiegel, from Danny Parkins, from Lawrence Holmes is that we can't operate under that because we've never, we haven't been that. We are not a good team and we can't operate as if we are going to continue to get interceptions and stop them. Like they're going, there's, it's going to equal, like equal itself out. And I think, that's where I struggle as a Bears fan because I think like, oh, what the, it felt like the right decision. You know, you make them use their timeouts. But then ultimately you realize that the Bears aren't as good as a team that would make a team use their timeouts and, and allow them to, 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 to bury themselves in four minutes, not allowing them to get two touchdowns. Can, can I read to you? Can, may I quote myself, Please. if I may, here at this very moment? Uh, something that I like to do a lot of times. <laughs> you guys have not been privy to it, but I do like to quote myself periodically. So thank you for Because you asked Gabe, you yes. asked Hub, what was like immediate reaction after the game? And just to show you that, that my, I, this is what I tweeted right after the game ended. And I stand by it. And I got killed for it. And, I, and I'll explain why I got killed for it, too. You'll, you'll be able to figure it out, actually. I wrote... 
Mark Grody. Uh, that sucks, but it's not the worst. Justin Fields played well. Your defense showed, showed the keyword, dominance. And you're 3-8 and eight to keep your draft pick tidy. So I, I saw that game as Justin Fields played very well. And when I looked at his numbers, when I looked at his throwing numbers, I honest to God thought that they would have been higher, but because he made so many good plays and his running was smooth. So I thought that he played very well. And the defense forced four turnovers. So people crushed me because I said the defense showed dominance. And I thought it did until the end. And when they were, they were very soft at the end. It was bad. But on the overall, I, I like defense was good. A lot of the things that I saw. Am I right? Do you guys, am I crazy for that? No. You guys disagree? You guys want to punch me in the face too? No, no. Defense no. Okay. was good. I think that overall, right, when you're trying to win games consistently, week in and week out, Hub, I know you can attest to this. You have to find different ways to win, but you have to be a good team in order, in order to overcome all of that. Mm-hmm. And when you're not, you succumb to those deficiencies and you fall victim to those things. Yeah, well, and and, and added to that, and, and by the way, Justin Fields did play a good game. He There's did. no question about it. You know, yes. His comeback from being gone for four weeks was outstanding, but he couldn't make the plays in the last five minutes. He has not been able to at any time. They've lost games because of it, and that is still who he is. What, what plays didn't yeah. he make, though? Because the two play calls on the second to the last drives were, were run plays, and then he hits Tyler Scott in stride, and Tyler Scott You're slows right. down. So that's right. that's a put-away play right there. So I think we got to remember, remember, remember he, that. He, 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 and, the, and those are RPOs. I understand. And, and the second one, I believe, was definitely – were they both RPOs? Because I think the the first one may yes, have been a straight both, run call. I, I was I was I was watching the game okay. with Corey Wooten. Oh, okay. Former Chicago Whoa, Bear. They throw in Wooten. Okay, I'll back up. Because <laughs> us three, we didn't play football, right? So we totally. I'm, and, yeah, and, and, I actually did, did, but not, yeah, no. not at that level. Well, yeah. Hub, I, I believe you before me well, too. So don't worry. You know, I, believe yeah. you, I believe you before me too, Hub. You're right. I do remember that. You mentioned that. But when I talked to Corey and he says, "Gabe, I hate the shotgun run." He says, "As a defensive lineman, this is I'm, again." Uh, it's not my opinion. I'm regurgitating what Corey Wooten said. He says, Gabe, when I see a, a running back behind the quarterback and those shotgun runs, I know it's a run. That's what he said. Mm, not me. Wow, okay. This is former defenseman Corey Wooten. He's like, put him on their center so there can be the the at least the the the, the, the thought that it could be a play action. That could, it could be something else other than the RPO. He's like, I see the running back behind the quarterback. I know for a fact. This is, again, not me, Corey Wooten saying this. I know it's a run. And in those two instances, in those last plays, it was a run. But again, like, I don't mind that because what we've been taught, right, as a fan, not as anything else, as a fan, it's like, get them to run or to use those timeouts. Did I like it at four minutes? No. As a fan, as a fan, did I like it at four minutes? No. Try to get the first down. You saw it on third and seven where they ran the ball and he said, okay, I see what you're doing. You're trying to waste 45 seconds. But, again, I think what we really try to talk about in that moment is what is the identity of the Chicago Bears? Who are they? Are they the team that thinks that their defense can stop the opposing opponent in the last three minutes? Well, clearly they thought that was their identity. That didn't work. But they are, their identity with a Justin Fields, with a good running back, Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, with with uh with Roshan Johnson. With Roshan Johnson, with 
with what we saw with a Tyson Bajan, someone that can distribute the ball to get that four-yard, five-yard catch, right? That's what we saw the offense to be. And so when it deviated from that, when you heard Lugetti say, this is the same offense that we're going to run, whether it be uh, Tyson Bajan, whether it be Luke, uh, Justin Fields, this is the offense we're going to run. Run, run, third and short. Run with Justin Fields, run, third and short, whatever that might be. And what I tried to tell everybody on the Plumbers 911 Football Monday on when I did overnights, sick. it was that, no, it was, trust me, it was oh, anything no. but sick. But actually, the real word sick. <laughs> what I said was, Hub, and what I said was, did you not have, like, when you were watching that play, did you not have a bit of angst there when Justin was on third and five? Did you not feel uneasy? Generally speaking, are you saying? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whereas Beijing, you were like, third and four, oh, they passed. You know he can throw within six, seven yards a good ball that is catchable. Where Justin Fields on third and five, you're like, mm, what is he going to do? Is he going to run? Is he going to pass? Will it be a good pass? I don't know. There was that uncertainty there. And that, to me, was the part about the game that made me feel uncomfortable. Although he did convert, he was 5 for 13 on third, down, third downs, he converted in five of those instances. But it, it, every single time out of those 13s, Hub, I don't know if you felt the same way. Whenever it was third and something, I felt uneasy. Honestly, guys, from the time the fourth quarter started, I kept waiting to see where it was going to come apart. I mean, because that's who they've been this year. You know, and in answer to your question, who are they? They're not any of the things that people want them to be. They are the youngest team in the league right now. They are in a complete rebuild. They're trying to make these guys players so that hopefully before the season ends and going into next year, they can be more competitive. You have to be realistic about what you've got here. And nobody's being realistic about it. You know, everybody just wants to win 13 games and go to the playoffs. It ain't going to happen. It was never going to happen. When I saw in June that the over-under on the Bears was seven and a half. I was like, who are they kidding? I mean, bet the under, bet your life savings on the under. You know, cash it it wasn't going to happen. No, I don't bet. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you don't. But, no, but if I, I did, I would have. <laughs> he's, he's not like us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Give that. us your little tips, all right? Yeah. Well, the only reason I don't bet is because I hate the losing so much more than I enjoy the winning. That's real. Yeah, I, yeah, no. I, I'm just a terrible real. loser. I hear you. For the record, I'm I, not saying I wouldn't, but I have I have yet in my life to bet on the NFL. It seems hard. Really? Every game, I have yet to. I've, I, I've been bad with the betting, no, 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 Gabe. I have put yeah, it away no, for I a little while. I know you, and you are so certain. In your answer, yeah. but you have equally as much doubt. <laughs> in doubt, <laughs> doubt in what? In your certainty, where you are certain of your bet, oh, you have equally as much doubt. That's a good point. I that's, know you. That's fair. I know. That's well, you, you do know, know me. what you know. I don't like that you know me like that because then you know the the underthinking. Plus, you're like a psychology major, so that's why I don't cross my arms around you anymore, man. That's you just make you me self conscious. Watch this. Watch this. Mark Grody's going to stick around for another 20 minutes <laughs> as we get our next guest. Ray's about to punch me in the face out uh, there. So, yeah. I'll, I'll let, I'll Ray Diaz, hey, Ray, you want to come on? I'll Ray Diaz Ray. will be on in the yeah. next segment. Ray, you want to come in and talk the, some bears? Put him in the producer show. Uh, We've got Dan Pompey hanging out with us next, and we know how we feel about the Chicago Bears. What does is, what is a national writer think about not only Justin Fields, but the future of the Chicago Bears? We'll discuss that next. Dan Pape and Joe's the show. It's Gabe Ramirez.
And it also is Hub Arcus with a little bit of Mark Grody. And I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to get him to stick around a little yeah, bit more. We'll to work on something. What's in that wallet of yours? It's Chicago. Nothing. Come it's on, Chicago Mr. Sports Park. Radio. You got the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Six, Sorry. seven, eight, score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. What I do think he did a good job yesterday was he made connections down the field and had his eyes down the field before he crossed the line. The more touchdown, and then even like the one where it broke down a little bit, I think it was play four where he delivered it to Moore. To start the third quarter, there was one, two on the a side pocket, right, where he scrambled around and threw it on the side there. So um, those are those are growth. You know, that's growth, and that's really cool to watch him do that, to be able to keep his protection in the pocket, right, and then be able to look down the field and deliver the ball. Gabe Ramirez, Hub Arcus here on 670 The Score, Chicago Sports Radio. And I think there's a lot of opinions about the Chicago Bears <laughs> as to where they sit. Losing to the Detroit Lions, 31-26. A, I mean, Hub, when you look at that game, before being on Dan Pompey, you look at that game and it's like, had they won, we'd be having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Three quarters versus the last one and what that implicates the co- the coaching the players when you look at it how do you divvy up just the game as a whole right i mean a lot of us divvy it up as three quarters versus one quarters do you do you look at it as a whole still or are you looking at the inefficiencies in a particular quarter or half with the coaches or players in particular uh, you have to look at it as a whole game and you have to look at what you accomplished during the game, what you didn't accomplish during the game, what mistakes you made, what things you did really well. You know, one of the things, it just, this Getsy stuff drives me nuts because I don't know if he's a good coach or a bad coach. Right now he's just in the middle trying to get where he needs to go. But when people look at the game that Fields had Sunday, everybody, oh, he was great. Well, doesn't Getsy get credit for that? I mean, isn't Getsy the guy who coached him onto that after coming back from four weeks, you know? And and yet, because the last three and a half minutes, everybody wants to fire Getsy. Oh, but Fields was great. It's ridiculous. (laughs) You you know, I mean, people just aren't, you know, being realistic about this. You can't can't say Justin Fields had a great game, but Lou Getsy sucks. Yeah, if if Fields had a great game, then Getsy had a great game. Getsy didn't make any mistakes in the last 335 that I can can remember or that I've seen in rewatching it. So, you know, and again... We'll know at the end of the year. We'll see at the end of the year. I don't know, based on where the Bears are at and where the new president is at, 
whether Ryan Poles and Luke Getzky can be separated. You know, I don't know if if decisions on coaches are going to be made by Ryan Poles or if, you know, they want to start over. You know, I, I don't think they should. I, I will say that. I have not made up my my mind yet about what kind of coaches, you know, Flusen gets here at. I, they need the whole season. I need to see what, what – I do know that I've been very impressed with what they've done in the last six, seven weeks because after the 0-4 start – you know, things have gotten better every week. They played their best game of the season Sunday, even though they lost it. Yeah. And that's frustrating. So we'll see if this continues. But but I do know, you know, as far as the roster, it has gotten better this year, and it's getting better every week. And now they've got these extra picks and, and other stuff they can do. They've, they're going to have the most money in free agency. Where they're at by week, you know, three or four next season is when I'm really going to uh, feel strongly so about, great. you know, what they've done now, whether it's with Flus or, or Luke or whoever else, we don't know, yeah. you know, and we'll see, but I, I really, if they continue to do what they've done the last six, seven weeks, I really hope they get one more year because they can't accomplish. Wait, what who, 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 Justin Fields, Luke Getzey, no, Getzey and uh, yeah, Fields. I don't have an opinion on yet. I just okay. don't, but I do like, I, I can't remember if you said it. I, I saw, I've heard several people say it. I don't think they can afford to not draft a quarterback this year. You know, I, when you look at this they should 100% draft, draft a quarterback. When Two of at, the top five, you have to. You've got to. You have I to. think they have to. We'll see. Now, we'll see what Justin does the next six weeks. You know, the last three games he's played have been three of his best games as an NFL quarterback. So yeah, we'll I see. think I think the reality is this. Huh? Well, three of the last four. The one he got hurt and he wasn't True. doing very well. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. necessarily accounted for. But I think, you know, when you're talking about changing the fortunes of an NFL team, and if you say to yourself, a team, regardless of who they are, has the number one pick two years in a row and they don't address nor decide to have a contingency plan for the quarterback position, It is a then it is a disservice to the organization if you have the first pick in two drafts back-to-back. You have to address the quarterback position. But again, um, that is my thought. And it might not necessarily be the thought of our next guest joining us right now in the Circus Rick Casino. Hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. It is Dan Pompey, senior writer for The Athletic. Dan, when you look at the Chicago Bears as a whole, and it is a tough decision, right? I mean, we look at the GM position across the NFL, and sometimes it is easier to make decisions for your roster, for your organization, than it can be for the position right now for Ryan Poles in the present where you have a quarterback that is on the fence. Let's be very clear. Let's call it what it is. You have a quarterback that is not a top tier quarterback nor a bottom feeder, but yet you have the number, what can be the number one, two, three pick, whatever that might be in the NFL draft. And you are trying to decide which direction you're going to take. It is most certainly a difficult job to be the, GM of the Chicago Bears, I'd say. Well, you know, it is, but I think we don't have all the information yet. We'll know more after the next six games, certainly. Um, I think from what we know now, it's not a difficult decision. I think you draft a quarterback. Uh, But if Justin Fields goes out and does something that really changes your mind and has an impact on this football team, um, you know, Beyond just making plays, that that means winning games. He's a quarterback who, you know, like C.J. Stroud can come in and make a loser into a winner. Then you say, 
maybe it's worth sticking with. Otherwise, you know, you've got some really special quarterbacks in the draft, and assuming the Bears are going to be in range to pick one of them, uh, I think you, you probably have to go that way. You know, Dan, what interests me is when you mentioned C.J. Stroud, I think is a great point because obviously he comes from the same place as Justin Fields and, you know, he's off to a great start. And yet when we start the comparisons and again, I am not pro or con Fields yet. I want to see, as you just said, the next six weeks. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he continues to improve as he has the last few weeks. But when I, when I look where the two of them are at, I don't think I've seen Justin Fields make a, a single play or more than two or three plays in all the time he's been the Bears quarterback that match what, what Stroud is doing almost every week. You know, they're just two very different guys. And, and I think the problem with, with fields to this point, which I think most fans and unfortunately some media don't understand is what you're looking for. Because my problems with Justin Fields aren't about his physical ability. It's not about his mental ability. I love the kid. But he doesn't see the football field. He doesn't read it fast enough. He doesn't make the right decisions. And his accuracy isn't great. And, and, and these are the things that have to improve over the next six, seven weeks before I'd even consider not drafting a quarterback. Yeah, no question. I mean, those are all valid points. And I think the, the, what I would add to that is he's got to protect the football better than he has. Of course, he did that well Sunday against Detroit. And, and then you want to see him make game-changing plays in the fourth quarter. You know, when they've got those opportunities to have game-winning drives, put the team in position to score, get the game-winning field, but whatever it is, he's got to be able to do that. And he really has not done that consistency with any consistency at all up to this point. We've seen Stroud do that. You know, um, if your quarterback can't do that, well, he's just another guy, you know, because that's when games are decided in the National Football League. It was decided that way. Sunday when, when Jared Goff led the Lions back and, you know, the Bears, uh, they scored six points in their last four possessions, you know, as well as Fields played, it wasn't enough. Now, I'm not pinning the loss on him, but, you know, the whole effort, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, no, I totally understand that, Dan. And I think that, you know, when you talk about 26 points, they were in, an, they were in a position to put up a couple of more. I had zero problem with the second field goal. Putting him up over twelve to make it a a game where you couldn't get a touchdown and and a field goal to tie it up. You put it out of that reach. What were your thoughts when the Bears went for that uh, field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth and one? Well, you know, I I think when you're playing on the road against an opponent that you are overmatched against, which the Bears were you need to take risks and you need to step out and, you know, maybe do some things that um, you normally wouldn't do. So I probably would have gone for it too. That being said, I don't think it was the worst decision that I ever saw in my life. Um, you know, I think given where they were in the game, how they were playing, how Detroit was playing, you know, I under, I understood uh, uh, Matt Eberflus's logic, um, but Again, the big picture is you're going to need to do something special to win that game because you're, you're against an opponent that has got more guns than you do. You know, Dan, I, I'm curious as to the way that Flus and, and Getsy too, you can't you know, separate him from Flus and Ryan Poles are being evaluated right now. And I'm wondering, 
in your opinion, are they being evaluated the way they are because they're bad coaches or GMs or because their temperaments and their personalities are so far from a Dick Butkus or, or a George Hallis or a, a, you know, pick whoever you want. Uh, you know, it, I, I don't think it's about the job they're doing. I think it's about the way they present themselves. And, and there are so many people offering opinions who are just fans who've never coached or never played the game. And, and I just, I, I don't, it just doesn't feel like they're being fairly evaluated so far. Well, it's probably an eye of the beholder thing, right, Hub? I mean, you know, uh, different people have different perceptions of what a general manager should act like or what a head coach should act like. Um, I, I think certainly there is that that, that uh, tendency in Chicago to want the head coach to be fiery. You know, I think we've always any any time a head coach has been, uh, you know, kind of the personality of Matt Eberflus or. Lovey Smith, you know, we, we hear that. But, you know, the bottom line is this. You're judged by 6 and 22, you know. If it was 22 and 6, no one would care if you were acting like Tom Landry or, you know, wh- whoever, Neil Armstrong. Uh, it's about the record. And, you know, it, that's what opens them up for the criticism and, and you know, the, the people who are picking at them for whatever reasons. So, you know, if they go out and let's say they win for their last six and they show improvement and, you know, young players uh, start to make plays and develop, you know, then, then you kind of start to look at them in a different light. Say the arrow's pointing up and, you know, maybe it's worth salvaging this whole thing and they can get it going in the right direction even more so in 2024. Can I, if I can just throw in, that's exactly the kind of thing I've been trying to talk about, Dan, because one of the things that happened Sunday, Tyreek Stevenson had an all-rookie game. I mean, he, he may not that, that's silly, not a Pro Bowl, but I mean, he, no, he no, had— No, trust me, that is a statement for a guy like that, he, with what he did on Sunday. He had an excellent game. I haven't heard a word about it. You know, no, Nobody even noticed, I don't think, because of those last three and a half minutes. But, but him developing like that is what this staff is supposed to be doing. That's what this roster is supposed to have happening to it. And it is starting to happen, not just with him. Um, you know, but it's just an obvious example to me. And yet nobody even seems to notice that or realize that they are accomplishing a lot of what they're supposed to be trying to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really, that's the essence of the whole thing. But, you know, that doesn't really get recognized unless you're winning the game, right? Or unless you're you're really making bigger picture progress. So um, if you're just making these incremental little uh, improvements in, in rookies or second-year players, it's all, all well and good. But you need to be moving towards your goal, which is being able to compete with teams like, uh, Minnesota on Monday and Detroit last week and Green Bay and, and you know whoever's left on the schedule you, you have to you have to be able to compete with those teams and uh, this is the second year of, of the regime so improvement is expected I think there were coming into the year a lot of expectations I think probably a lot of them were overblown and and not really in line with reality but they were there so you know, now you have to deal with them, and there might be consequences because of them. We're talking to Dan Pompey, senior writer at The Athletic. It's Gabe Ramirez, along with Hub Argus here on 670 The Score. Dan, when you look at this team, 
Uh, when you look at Justin Fields, you look at Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, the wide receiver staff that they have, the the defense that has been playing well as of late. What do you make of this this Chicago Bears team as a whole? I think they've got a lot of room for improvement, Gabe. <laughs> I really do. I think um, you know they they. I don't think they stack up well with most teams in the National Football League. Uh, I think you are still hoping and kind of praying for the development of a lot of young guys who really haven't developed as much as they would have liked up to this point. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, that that's the beauty of this off season and the number of resources they have going into it is that uh, they, they can address a lot of needs. You know, they could look at a lot of different uh, positions and they could do it in free agency. They could do it in, in the draft, whatever, you know, trades. I mean, They've got they've got the wherewithal to really make a big bang this off season, and you know that's that's kind of been part of Ryan Poles' plan, right? I mean, he he made the, the trade last year for the number one pick. Um, everything's been building towards uh, you know moving forward beyond this year, so that's why it would it'd really be unfortunate for him if he wasn't around to see the whole thing out. Yeah, you know, it's again, you know, they've had a year and a half. You know, you can't expect a general manager or a first-time NFL head coach to be great that soon. It's just not going to happen. And so that's why I keep going back to trying to evaluate which players are developing, which players aren't developing, which mistakes are being made in-game, you know, what's going on during the week. The one thing that I was really disgusted by was the way they treated the offseason. I, I thought they had basically no training camp, you know, and I didn't understand that at all. I still don't understand that. And I think it's one of the reasons they started so slow. So there's no question that mistakes have been made. Um, but, you know, you move on from those. And, and I think the most important thing, just like the players, is are the coaches in the front office learning from those mistakes? And, and I keep what I'm seeing in the last six, seven weeks is they seem to be learning some things from those mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um... – you know, the proof remains to be seen completely, right? Because yep. again, you want to see it, you want to see it in the in the standings. Um, but I think uh, you know, there's there's some things that they've done this year. I mean, I think everybody liked the Montez Sweat deal. You know, there there have been other deals that they've made in the past that obviously did not work out well. You know, you got the the Claypool deal, you got some of the draft picks, uh, Valus Jones. You've got you know, I, I think. Allowing Ron Smith to go was a mistake. I think allowing David Montgomery to leave was a mistake. Um, so you know you could you could pick apart a lot of things they've done, uh, but ultimately you really you really don't have a complete picture on being able to judge them because a lot of what they were planning to do is supposed to happen in this coming off season. You know, Dan, the one thing that I have never been able to figure out is what went wrong with Roquan Smith and why they let him go. Uh, I, I mean, you know, he's now the best defensive player on what may be the best team in the AFC. I don't know that they are. I don't think they are, but they're certainly one of the top three or four best. D- did you hear or learn anything about where that went south? Was he just making unrealistic demands on his own without an agent? Or or is it that 
from what you've heard that Ryan Poles just didn't think he was a franchise type guy. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he signed for with Baltimore, and I don't think that was unreasonable given the market. I think they felt like uh, the middle linebacker position didn't merit that kind of commitment unless the player was someone who created turnovers and made more splash plays. But I think, to me, they undervalued Roquan's ability to uh, really be a physical force in the middle of the defense and you know, stop the run, make plays, uh, be be a guy that, that lifts others around him. Uh, I think he's a pretty special player. And like I said, I, I to me, letting him go was a mistake. And I think you're seeing what he can do right now in, in Baltimore with a team that really has invested in him and believes in him. Dan, I appreciate your time. Uh, most certainly, Dan Pompey, senior writer for The Athletic. I think ultimately what he's saying, Hub, is that you know, Roquan Smith was was or was the equivalent of a Jack Sanborn and a Tremaine Evans. Not TJ Edwards to get the tackles and to be there in the middle of the field, but well certainly someone that can get you the tackle for a loss, but can be the guy that can drop back in coverage and be athletic enough to to be that guy. Yeah, and I think the problem that uh, I think I just heard that Dan and I have the same problem is that I think they were wrong. Roquan Smith is a better player than that. And as a matter of fact, You're right. the money they just gave Montez Sweat is yeah. almost the same money that yeah. Roquan got from the Ravens. Right. And you know, and I'm not saying that Sweat can't be as good or better, but you lost a year and a half and, and gained nothing yeah. you know, because you ended up spending the money yeah. and, and trading. And plus you gave up you know, a, a significant draft pick uh, you know, to get this guy. So those are the kind of things that, that leave yeah. you wondering and, and that Ryan Poles eventually, you know, once you grade the entire line of work, not just putting it all on this one thing. But that was one of the things that never really made sense to me. Yeah, I, I think that ultimately, you know, when you look at the Bears as a whole, I think you're right. You know, it's where you allocate the the, the finances. Is, is it in the defensive line? Mm-hmm. Right? Is that where you spend the money? Or do you do you really spend it on a Tremaine Edmonds, a guy that can get the interceptions that, that they want, or T.J. Edwards, the guy that they want? But, again, we could, we'll continue that conversation. Uh, shout out to Dan Pompey, senior writer for the Lick, hang out with us, and we get a chance to talk a little bit more. We got Hope Arkison Studio. I am Gabe Ramirez. We're going to talk a little bit of Cubs in a little bit, but let's let's continue that conversation about the Bears defense, specifically at the linebacker position. Do we feel as though what has been brought in is the equivalent of what we've let go? We'll talk about that next. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Hub Arkish. It's Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. Yeah, you know, they've been playing really good defense, you know, the last six weeks, and they played really good defense today at times. Um, you know, so we'll just accentuate the positives and and look at the plays that we need to get better on, you know, and, and uh, you know, what could have been called better? You know, it's both. It's me and them. You know, it's not just them. You know, so I gotta, we got to look at it and see what we could have done better. Coach Eberflus talking about the Bears as a whole. I think, I gotta be honest. I think one thing I've learned about being here at 670 to score is like, Ibrafus is trying his best. So is Luke Getsy. So is, you know, Mr. Hightower. Like, everyone's trying to perform their best in their, their respective phase. And I think we as fans assume that everyone's operating on the, Highest level. 
at all times. But that's not necessarily the case, right, Hub? Like, expecting everyone to perform at that level, I mean, it's just not, it's not realistic, right? Well, we want them to. It's an interesting question. I mean, because like you've been following this stuff, right? So you know, like when maybe they're not, they're not. Yeah, I think the key is it is realistic to expect that, but it's not realistic to think that they can do that. <laughs> you know, that's, Nobody, that's real. That's real, though. Yeah, I, I understand, and, and that's where a lot of the frustration comes from. Is people want what they want. They're, they're fans or media. You know, they want what they want. And, and they don't care if it's not possible or not, you know, they just know what they want. Um, I think uh, it was a question I asked Dan a little while ago, and, and I think it's the biggest problem uh, that both Flus and Getsy have, and maybe to a degree Ryan Poles, is that their personalities and the way they present themselves are so different from the iconic, historic Chicago Bear killers. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, and, and, and they're not going to be those people. And when you're winning, you don't have to be. Then it's okay. But when you're losing, it's not okay. And, and we knew they were going to lose, or we should have known. And if you didn't know, shame on you, not them, because yeah. that's what was built to happen this year. you got to get worse before you get better. And they've gotten worse. They're starting to get better. And now we'll see if they're the right guys or not. But you got to give them a chance to do what you want them to do. And the way the NFL works, teams don't turn over completely in two weeks or three weeks. You know, it's just not going to happen that way. I, I, I agree. I, I can't remember if you said it or Dan said it, but no, I don't think the the roster is ready yet. It's not. I think it is much improved over last year because I'm excited about some of the young talent when I'm starting to see, but I think it still needs to be a lot more improved. You know, people talk about Jack Sanborn like, like, Oh, you know, well, we got, we're all set there. He is a great undrafted rookie free agent. (laughs) He is playing good football. He is never going to be ever Dick Butkus or, or, or any of the great linebackers, you know, Mike Singletary, but, but that's, that's a nice piece. That's what he is. He's a nice piece. He's not the kind of guy that you're you're drafting for or that you're signing in free agency to come in and make a difference. And and people need to understand that. Yeah, that's that's the luxury of the draft. That's the luxury of free agency where you are bringing an individual in and you know for certain that they are going to be someone that can fill that hole. And that's what you do. And the Bears most certainly are still in that phase where they're trying to figure out what holes they need to figure out and fill. And, and, and where they are strong at. And that's something we'll discuss uh, with our next guest. Corey Wooten, uh, former Chicago Bear, former defensive end of the Chicago Bears, former and current Fox 32 analyst. He'll be joining the show after the break. Uh, what does he have to say about the performance of the Bears on uh, their last game against the Detroit Lions? We'll discuss with Corey Wooten next. It's Gabe Ramirez. It is Hub Arkish. And... We get a little Mark Grody in the building. I'm back. Yeah, no, you're back, baby. Back. I got you. Let's go. We got talking to Corey Wooden next right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.